Good morning, everyone. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Joining me in studio, thank you, guests, appreciate it, is Wanda Minoli, who's the commissioner of the Department of Motor Vehicles, and Mike Smith, who's the deputy commissioner and longtime co-worker with me. We go back a ways, Michael. Yes, we do. Yes. Commissioner, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. Excellent. It's good to see you. Um, Anyway, I would like Wanda and Mike to talk a little bit about their backgrounds and uh, how you became the Commissioner of Motor Vehicles. Well, we'll start a little bit with the background. Um, I've been fortunate to be a public servant in state government um, since the 80s and about 38 years, maybe a little bit more state service. Um, And I spent a good portion of my time at the Department of Education, and then I went to Buildings and General Services and served as the principal assistant and the deputy there, spent 20 years. Um, And then I had the opportunity to join the team at DMV in 20, late 2016, 2017, um, as deputy commissioner. And, um, commissioner Rob Ide, um, made the decision to retire. And upon that decision, mm-hmm. I became the commissioner of the Vermont DMV. And it's been a wonderful experience. I forgot about the deputy position. That's cool. Good way to get, get your feet wet, right, Michael? Yes. <laughs> you must have been in buildings with the Torty days. I absolutely was. <laughs> uh, commissioner Torty, uh, was a mentor of mine mm-hmm. and it was a wonderful experience. Um, to be involved in state government because that organization touches everything. Right, for sure. And um, legislatively and buildings and where our employees are housed. Right, that's great. Yeah. Yep, I remember Mr. Torty. Hello, Tom. I know he listens. Hello, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Michael, so tell us a little bit about your... You've been to DMV just a little while. Yes, yes. So I graduated from high school in 1939. <laughs> 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 1989. Um, and before, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I took a job in data entry, third shift. Moved to second shift, moved to first shift, uh, took a job in the telephone unit, um, got promoted to supervisor of the telephone unit, Great. stayed there for about six years, uh, moved on to director, chief of customer services, was that for about 10 years, director of operations for 10 years, and under Commissioner Manoli, I was promoted to deputy commissioner. Good job. Um, that's great. over 33 years. Michael and I got sued together. That's what, that's our history. <laughs> it was over a plate, S-H-T-P-N-S. Shit happens. Yes. <laughs> we got sued, but we won. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. But anyway, um, so um, you have completed the biggest overhaul ever. And you got to close down for, what, a week or so, more than that, just to make sure it all worked. That was a smart move. Um, so we've completed two-thirds right. of the core modernization project. Um, sometimes we forget about the, the small units in, in a department. So we in May of 2019, we went to um, an online service or system, and it was really phase one of this modernization for our commercial vehicle operations, right. where we collect all of the uh, taxes, the diesel tax, gas tax, IFTA, IRP, and and you probably remember this from yeah. your days. Um, our commercial industry had to file their paperwork um, 
by paper, and they had to come to Montpelier. And it was the only way they could do their quarterly filings or register their vehicles. And um, so with the first piece, we modernized that. That whole system's been up and running. Um, it's phenomenal. We have over 82% of our Vermont businesses um, filing electronically. And then we moved into this next phase, which is everything vehicle services. And uh, we just completed that, and um, it's been a great success. The, um, the, you know, the wonderful thing about the system is that working with our contractor and working with our partners at ADS, the system, while it's a, a, a COT solution that is in um, 22 other states, this is built by your team. Your team is a part of your employees are a part of the team that really know the backbone of how the organization works and what's required to do certain transactions. So they were relocated uh, to Barry City Place. They made decisions every day, bringing our work into mm. the to the system. Eighteen months. 18 months, and it's hard to believe that those 18 months have gone by. Um, We we proposed closing to the public um, so we could do the last pieces of the modernization, which is the conversion of all of the data. And, you know, when you have information on a mainframe that's 50 years old, you have 20 supplemental Access 97 databases. These don't talk to each other. Um, you have other systems that, you know, you had to put all of the information in um, at different places and different times, and they didn't speak to each other. That conversion and testing it was really important to um, be able to close the business down and to go through that process. And um, that made a difference. And it made a difference for our staff. Absolutely. And and staff being able to practice in the system without customers and be able to move the transactions through. It's new. It's a change, you know, and then adding the customer in front of them later on really, really helped the transition. That's great. Well, I know when I did my little little bit, all the ideas except for two came from employees because we sat in that strategic planning and I got them started. And I think we all I created monsters because they thank God. Because they kept coming up with one idea after another. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, they yeah. know their process. They are our experts. Right. They are the ones representing DMV and the state, and they're serving the customers. And they know where things bog down. Um, they know the level of the frustration right. from the customer because they receive it by the phone or in person. And I think the biggest change <clears throat> is beginning to end transaction, Pat. And as you well know, in our processing unit, we had to move things and data enter them seven times in order to get a transaction completed from the time you came in at the counter. Um, with the investment that we've made in this IT solution, it's beginning to end transaction. When you approach the counter or if you mail in your transaction, um, the staff are, are taking it from the beginning to the end and our data is live. That is another huge change, that the information is immediate Great. into the system. So it's immediate for staff in the call center. It's immediate for staff at another branch office. It's immediate for our law enforcement. 
That's it. You know, you're talking about not being able to communicate. When I first started, Pat Garahan was the secretary. That's how old I am, Wanda. Um, and he was at 133. I couldn't communicate with him. My system in DMV did not, did not talk to his over at 133. So I had to call him all the time, uh, which sometimes was good, sometimes not so good. But anyway, isn't that weird? I mean, it's, seriously. Well, well, we've still been living that. I mean, that's what this change yeah. is. So you experienced it as commissioner. I've experienced, right. Mike has experienced it for 33 years. And, um, information, as you well know, helps move things along. And, you know, if you come into the DMV and you do a transaction on your vehicle, and this is really important, I want to emphasize that this is the vehicle right. services element. <clears throat> um, and you think you forgot something and you drive home, and you call, that information is now there at the call center. That's great. And yeah. and it's about serving Vermonters, and that's part of what our, our role is. Yes, for sure. Excellent. That's that's exciting. I, and I, I think I sent you this article from v, uh, VT Digger. It had an article in there that said, despite one senator's objection, DMV moves forward more flexibility in legislative off-season. What did they give you that you can do? Oh, so excited to hear this. Um, so one of the things that we learned with um, implementing this IT project is that um, – as our legislative session, as you all well know, it's January to, to right, May. Right. And as the staff were working through the process of um, designing the system, the um, we couldn't make changes because of statute. Right. Or I had to make a decision to make the change and to go in and ask the legislature to support the system change that we needed after the fact. So they gave us language that allows us, as we implement the next phase, the last phase, that if we run into some language that has some oddities in it or is not clear, that we can go to the Transportation Committee, Oversight Committee, and we can present what we need to do to be more efficient in the design of the last element. Once you're on a roll, just keep going. That's great. Good for you. Do you know we had a baby born in DMV April 1st and we, we called it Delivering More Vermonters. That was a hell of a story. Well, I actually heard about that story when I joined the team and actually a shout out to Billy Huntsman. Oh yes. And he and his wife still are they connect still? with the family. Really? Absolutely. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, this, this young lady, she was with her parents and her boyfriend and she had no idea she was pregnant. Went into the ladies' room, and the next thing you know, you hear crying. And everybody was a little surprised that Billy and, and a bunch of, because he's a fireman, and they came in to help, and we delivered a baby, a doing delivering more Vermonters. That's what, the, that's what the newspaper said the next day. I thought that's better than Department of Motor Vehicles, so there you go. Anyway, I should ask you, and I'm sorry I didn't write up front, did you guys get hit, impacted by the flood in the basement, at least? We absolutely did. Yeah. Um, we had we actually got hit the least. We had four inches of water, so the Montpelier office was closed for about a week, right. um, and that was pretty difficult for to you know. We did get behind um, because. 
that is the heartbeat right. of DMV. That's where every, all of the mail comes in, all of the processing takes place. Um, but BGS did a, a good job in getting us cleaned out as quick as possible and getting us in there. We had to do the road exams um, because of what happened to downtown Montpelier from National Life. Um, and we did that until the end of August. Really? So we were temporarily up there. Are, are you making any changes? Because they keep pushing to get everything out of the basin, but there's not much, there's no room upstairs. So um, the I'm... Don't know what the long-term plans are for changes to the um, building, but we are we are using our mail processing is still in oh, the basement. Really? Yes, and yeah. our storage. Oh wow! Because uh, maybe a, another floor upstairs. <coughs> Who's upstairs in the top two of these days? So ADS, the Agency of Digital Services and Human Resources. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, DHR is also there. Oh, yeah. interesting. I didn't know that. Um, so my husband, this is his question for you, uh, seeing as he, he said you've, with regard to registration cards and stickers, you've, they've been discontinued. No more sticker on the plate. You'll get instead an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. How can cops, how can law enforcement tell if you have or have not registered your car? Does it require a stop for something else? It absolutely does not. One of the wonderful things about the system, um, because we are going off from all of these oddities, these mainframes, and we're on one system, um, our data is live now. So this change um, is actually more beneficial for local and state police. When um, when you complete a transaction, the information is immediate. So when law enforcement is doing a stop um, or if they're looking at a vehicle because it might be parked right. incorrectly, right. That plate information, that data is live. Once you, your vehicle is registered, if it's a new vehicle, if it's coming from a dealership, the information is there. Um, we did an upgrade with the Department of Public um, Safety on the um, master message switch. Message switch. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> um, and so they also, that was part of uh, testing it. So the information is there. The sticker, um, as you well know, has gone through many changes. You know, you used to rotate the color. Right. It used to be on the front and the back of the plate. Now it's just one color um, and it's not visible. And that's really what its intent was, is to help the visibility, right, to see if the car is is registered. The plate information is is automatic. The paper, um, switching to the um, regular paper, as we expand our online services, you can download that information to your phone, and you can also print your registration. So we are no longer taking that information from the system and then mailing you your right. documents. Ah. So it's immediate for the customer. It's immediate for law enforcement. It's it's right. it's live information or data. Mike? One of the additional um, features that law enforcement will be appreciative of is the uh, the online temporary plates that you can purchase right, right. now. Right now. 
there is no tie to the system. Well, two weeks ago, there was no tie to the system. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me, now there is. So that as soon as that plate is issued, you, it is available for law enforcement and anybody else who can run that information to determine who it is and if it's valid. How are you notifying the public about all? I mean, there are tons of changes. Bruce wanted to uh, update his l- license, and um, we went online. I went, whoa, so is your picture more than four years old? And how how are you letting people know all the changes? Because there's a lot. Well, you know, a lot of it comes in the, the mailers that we send out. The license renewals have information oh, okay. in there. Um, registration renewals as well. Um, that information will still get sent out. Um, you know, websites, um, conversations, calling in. Just the, right. the it, and media. we've done um, some communication, um, as you well know. We did some radio ads, right. some TV ads. Um, we've done flyers. We know it's important to do the best that we can to educate um, the public on changes. With the example on the photos, like you don't need to have it renewed right now, um, COVID really pushed us to do some things differently because all of a sudden you had to have your photo, you know, as you well know, I think the statute was eight years. Yes. Um, you know, you had to have it. We couldn't renew it if you didn't come in right. and get it. And we were in the midst of COVID trying to operate where we weren't open to the public again for an extended period of time. And working with the administration and the legislature, we were able to do um, changes on that. And, um, and then again with the flood, we did some extensions. Right. Okay. Hang on. We have a caller. This is a call-in show. So we have Mary from Randolph Center. Mary, thanks for hanging on with us. Um, you're on air. Go ahead. Yes. Good morning, everyone. Um, I have a question. Um, has the DMV ever thought of coordinating our auto inspection, our car inspection with our registration. Um, I've lived in other places where that's, you know, when you uh, when your registration comes, you're like, oh, I've got to get my, oh. my auto inspected within 30 days because I've missed it. I mean, I've been driving along and all of a sudden I'm a month overdue. Just a thought. So that is a, a great question um, and I appreciate you um, just raising that. We are one of the states, so you are required to have your vehicle registered to get it inspected. There are states out there that tie the inspection directly to the registration, and we have not explored that huh. at this time. Um, but and you know, many states do that. You can't register your vehicle unless you have proof of your inspection, and we are you have to register your vehicle to get it inspected. Interesting. There was always thank you, Mary, for that question. Good question. Um, we also always talked about. Uh, not doing the inspections while the car, it, new cars are in warranty period. That's still, we haven't, remember that? That was a discussion a gazillion years ago that if you buy a new car and it's under warranty, you don't have to get it inspected till after the warranty um, goes away. So I have not engaged in oh, conversations yeah. with that. Um, in the state of Vermont, we also do emissions testing. And oh. so I think, and that we want to um, manage yearly. So I don't know how you would be able to. Right. To do both of those because there's no guarantee that your brand new car is absolutely perfect because it's under warranty. Right. Sometimes right. there That's are true. glitches. That's yeah. true. Although we do tend to keep cars a little longer than other states, I believe. 
100,000 miles just warming up. <laughs> so there you go. Um, what and else? four sets of snow tires. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> At a zillion dollars. Um, you have, I read that all and all vehicles must be titled effective January 1, next year, on January 1st. Is that, it used to be, what was it? How many years old? Uh, older, t- 15, you didn't have to, but it sounds like you have to, period. So, um, the, one of the things that was an outcome again of COVID, um, you know, was we had many people, um, trying to, that came to Vermont, um, trying to, uh, register their vehicles and, um, or selling their vehicles out of state. And we have our jurisdictional partners require titles. And so from that, um, we went to the legislature because we were, you know, Mike, I'll let Mike talk on, uh, talk about this a little bit. We were just, we were really struggling how to give vehicles 15 years old or older titles because it wasn't required in Vermont. So we made the legislative change. And the intent um, is every vehicle will be titled, and there's a few caveats. Do you want to go ahead? You hit the nail right on the head with with other states requiring titles um, and just having a title certificate for the vehicles. A couple years ago, three or four, we changed the statute to create some exempt titles for individuals that had vehicles over 15 years old that needed a title to sell it outside the state, mostly classic cars and stuff like that. As we were moving through the modernization process, project and COVID and all of these other things, we looked at, you know, what are the other states doing and, you know, should we move to that process ourselves? So we did go to the legislature and and have those changes made. That's good. We have a Steve from Middlebury. Steve, I have to take a pretty long break at 930, which is a minute away. If you could ask your question quickly, then we'll give you the answer on on the return. Okay, I just want to know, are the satellite offices going to be reopened at all? Um, Living in Middlebury, it's a pain in the butt to make it to Rutland or Burlington to be able to get into the DMVs and such, and uh, we really miss the Middlebury satellite. I bet you do. I was going to ask about the mobile van, too. I didn't see that it's in operation anymore, is it? Well, we still call it the mobile van, oh. <laughs> um, and we have two teams that travel to the satellite offices. Um, it's just not the van that you, the bus oh, that the they bus, used to, right. that they that used to drive. Yeah. And so the Middlebury office, we have not a plan to reopen that. We closed that one during COVID. Um, Dummerston is still closed. We are coming up with um, a plan to reopen in January. Okay, thank you, Wanda. And I'll get back to you uh, on the other side of the break if we need any more information. Thanks, Steve, for calling. I was asking him, I was thinking about where is that mobile van? Um, you mentioned... Um, uh, this is the phase two. Mm-hmm. I presume there's an, the other phase with more of the, the smaller departments you talked about. Uh, so what's the, coming next? The um, the next phase, uh, which we hope to have everything in place um, with our contractor, we'd like to begin in March of 2024, um, is the driver services. 
and that will be everything that is associated with your driving record, your driver's license, um, and we will bring all of that information into the new system. And staff are already asking, when are we getting the next piece? When are we getting the next piece? Because right now they're functioning out of this new, wonderful, modern system to put the data in. Well, actually, it's pre, it um, pre-fills on many things. It's so much more efficient. And they still have to do the driver's license in the old method. Right. And um, so they're very, very excited about right. that. Um, you know, I have wonderful support. You know, IT infrastructure has been our governor's, you know, one of the priorities. Um, we've had great support from the administration and the legislature in investing in this system. You know, and as you had said earlier, um, you know, this type of work and making this transition and this change, it's a big project. Right. And um, you have to have support. We've had everyone supporting us through this, um, and the funding was made available for us to do it, and we are just taking it, and, and we are moving it forward. Good job. Excellent. You know, I forgot to ask you. I see my notes here. Does the title law apply to motor, motorboats, motorcycles, every anything? Correct. So well, that's that's a biggie. People need to know that. Con- conceptually, everything we title today, right? For, well, two weeks ago for 15 years, right. would then be titled forever. Forever of the age. Okay. So, and that then what happens in January if they don't hear about this, don't know, and they get stopped and they're not registered? So. So, Is there a grace so, period? So <clears throat> on January 1st, we're, we're going to begin titling everything. Those vehicles that are already in the system are not required to get a title. But if oh, you wanted a title, you can have okay. one by paying the fee and filling the right. form out. So basically, it's a day forward. We're Grandfathering. Just, kind of. We're <laughs> going to title everything that is okay. coming in new, um, but anything that was older that didn't have a title can stay that way. Okay. But if you would like to have a title, then for yes, sure. you can. Okay. And just for clarity, Mike, but if you sell that vehicle that falls into that, mm-hmm. the new owner will it's new be for them. getting Correct. the title for it. Okay. And that's what really aligns with all of our other states. And I think that's important, too. Um you know, because we need to, you know, as you, we had mentioned AMVA and our association, we need to align our business practices with other states because it's really more convenient for the customers right. and for, for Vermonters. And I, if I can, Pat, I just want to go back to, you know, the data being live and the question that your husband had asked <laughs> about the uh, registration. We, because our system took 15 to 30 days to get your information in there right. on that vehicle that you just, that new registration. If you traveled to another state, they didn't accept um, the temporary registration. Oh. And there are some states that would impound vehicles. And so now law enforcement also in our other jurisdictions, have access to that information. It's live. It's real. And this didn't happen a lot, but that's a reality of what could happen in other states. And because to the officer, if you're speeding in the, you know, in another state and they run your plate, it's showing it doesn't belong to anyone. Or if it was a transfer, it showed that it belonged to your prior vehicle. Wonderful. All right, so we have another caller. You're on a roll here, you two. Uh, this is Rich from Starksboro. Rich, you're on air. Hi, I was just listening to your new uh, 
pilot program that you have. I'd just like to figure out how it would work. For example, that I had, I bought a cargo trailer in like 2012, and I never registered because I was just storing stuff in it, and I decided I needed it. And I didn't get the signature on the uh, certificate of origin from the guy who sold it to me, and he moved up to Maine, so it was a lot of trouble. So I was going to get, I was decided I could get for $100, I could get a, a title bond or title insurance or something mm-hmm. and wait out till I got the 15 years, and then I would have, uh, wouldn't have to worry about um, uh-huh. the title. But now with your new infinite title law, that wouldn't have helped me. Is that correct? Well, yes and no. Uh, you know, basically what we will be doing is checking the national system to try and find ownership records. If there's an ownership record in, a, in another jurisdiction. Well, I did get the signature. I went to Maine, got a signature. Oh. Oh, good for I, you. I registered it. All but right. I, I just wonder, what if I'd taken the other choice and gotten the title bond? So, if so, I got the title bond after 15 years of, of age, I'd still be stuck with trying to have a title for it or something, right? No, a title bond would be issued in situations where you can't find or obtain the prior ownership documents. So the title mm-hmm. bond would have solved the, your situation. Um, okay. So it's good for after 15 years. Correct. Correct. Okay. Because basically right. the bond is saying that there could be a prior owner out there or somebody that has interest in the vehicle, and that bond is designed to cover any costs that could come from that. Cool. There you go. Thank you for your uh, call, you. Rich. I appreciate it. So tell me about my DMV. That's M-Y-D-M-V. That sounds exciting. It's exciting. So, you know, um we serve Vermonters, and customers want service in multiple different ways. <laughs> Times have changed. Right. Um, not everyone wants to come to a DMV. We have customers that love coming in, and we love having them there. So we've really had to expand and build out and think about the future. So my DMV um, is part of um, this core modernization. Once you sign into my DMV and you create your account, which is very easy. Don't be afraid, anyone. Um, you can choose how to manage um, your information. You can choose to get your notices um, by email if your registration is due. You can um, do all of your transactions through that. You can register online. And so um, this is the build-out. This is the future. The one thing you can't do yet on my DMV is your license transit. You know, if you want to um, renew your license, you still need to go through Vermont PICS. And don't we love acronyms? Yeah, right, exactly. Um, and so you, you know, but once we roll out the driver services, you will be able to, it's your account. It's it's no different than what you're doing in maybe your banking business or your medical, you know, right. you have oh, my health care. Right. It, it all falls into the, the right. same uh, vision as that. Can you use that like we do with our health care to ask questions and you'll get back or is there another... We have not put in the full chat uh-huh. um, element that you're talking about, and I think what's really important for um, Vermonters is that the, my DMV right now is managing your vehicle information okay. in there, um, not your driver's license information. Okay. We have another call. You may get the prize, you two. Anyway, Dick from Waterbury. Dick, you're on the air. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, good morning. Just curious, uh, where are the license plates made these days? Oh. 
Um, so our license plates are still produced um, in partnership with uh, Vermont Corrections. And yeah. where is that? In, is Windsor still open? That's where it used to be. It must be long gone. It's in St. Albans now. St. Albans. They're okay. done in St. Albans, Dick. Okay, because I know, uh, I mean, when you drive on the roads these days, you are forever seeing license plates that are just faded. They're unreadable. Uh, I know my own license plate has just delaminated. So I've had to order a new one, which says it could take up to two months to get. And they just don't last anymore, I guess, is my basic. That form is ridiculous, yeah. by the way. Um, so, you know, I just want to say there, there's a little bit – there was um, uh, production issues um, quite a while ago. I'm going to have Mike could talk about that on on the plates. But I just want you to know, it, unfortunately, it does take time. I think with the new system, we will be more efficient with that. But if it is faded um, – and you want to come in, we actually now have inventory at our counters, oh, and um, we should be able to exchange that for you. What takes longer is if you want to keep the same plate right. number. Yes. And if you bring in a faded um, plate and you don't mind what your license plate number is, um, we can issue you a, a new one, and it's efficient. Oh. Yes, in my, in my case, obviously, I have a... Uh, low license plate number, four-digit number, so I'm not about to give that up. Yeah, right. Me too. (laughs) I'm with you. My one plate is almost invisible at the moment, and the other plate is fine. And I believe you can get fined for that as well. Well, I bet if law enforcement can't read it, could be. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Hmm. Well, thanks, Dick. We talked about that form, you and I. (laughs) Yes, we (laughs) did. How are we doing with electric vehicles in Vermont, Commission? Well, we are registering them. <laughs> um, you know, I think um, last month between electric vehicles and hybrids, we were a little over 7,000 registered. Really? Absolutely. Totally electric or hybrid? It's or a, that's combination. a combination of both of them. Yeah. Um, and so the agency of transportation is, you know, does have some wonderful incentives, um, on helping supporting people, um, with certain incomes to purchase these vehicles. Um, and they're in partnership with some other, um, I think like Green Mountain Power to be able to, um, get some additional grants. So I I would encourage everyone to go, you know, to the Agency of Transportation's homepage, and you can look at that. It's an initiative. As you well know, it's an initiative that um, the legislature is very focused on and getting more people to drive electric. Right. And um, it's, it is occurring. It's slow. Slowly. It's slow. When's um, our deadline for this? 19, I think it's 2030. Oh. I think our goal is 2030, 2035. Really? I'm not. I, I'll be about 95 by then, so I probably won't be driving. So there you go. An electric scooter. <laughs> and then, exactly. I, I just bought one for Bruce. Um, because I hear from firemen about how hard it is to put out battery fires. You actually have to use twice as much water and, and get the water from underneath up, not top. Down. That's correct. And I know with um, buses, you know, because we do have electric buses yep. out there, um, their markings are different. So, you know, uh, respond.
responders know that right. it is an electric vehicle. Um, I don't know the detail of, you know, what it is to put out a fire or um, to, you know, um, to do that. But what I do know is we're at least designing the color on buses right. um, for if safety. Of, yes, right. for the safety of, of the responders. Right, exactly. Well, that's very interesting. 7,000 and we have 650 some odd registered vehicles. But that's all vehicles. Correct. That's not cars. Correct. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I took a I took an electric truck home one time years ago. I plugged it into my house. All you heard was <laughs> shh, plow. The whole thing just blew up. Bruce was not happy. So I lied. I didn't drive the thing the whole whole week. I let it sit there and I went back to work and told him how wonderful it was. But anyway <laughs> I was like, Nope, not me. Um he had to put it on a different um Wattage. Yes. So, yeah, right. So I put it in the household wattage, almost burned the house down. But I think they've fixed it since then, fortunately. So anyway, this last um, legislative session, they sort of increased your fees a little, people, just a lot, by 20%. But um, I think, is this for, oh, I have a caller. Ah, sorry, Trudy from Braintree. Trudy, you're on the air. Why don't you ask your question? I'll come back talk about money in a minute. <laughs> Money's good too. Exactly. I, <laughs> I my registration is due in December, the end of December. What what can I expect? <laughs> um, well, what do you, what you can? Ex- it depends on um, your registration. You can renew right online, right now, and um, and we and then when you renew it online, because you will not be getting a sticker. Um, you will be able to um, download the photo of your registration, and then you can actually print it. Um, we will, for some online services, for a few more months, we will continue for registration renewal. We will mail you your paper registration. Oh. But if you have a phone and you have the ability to um, utilize that and save it to your phone, um, that's acceptable. And then oh. you can print. As at your convenience. Um, we will move slowly to more. Uh, I'm sorry. She just said she didn't have the capability. That's but, the, and that's yeah. where I was going. So um, when you renew it online, you will. If if you don't, do you not have the capability to renew online? Printer. Uh, I. I'm not very good at. <laughs> okay, so you can just mail it in today. Yeah. With a check. You can renew up to 60 days in advance. Right. And um, you don't have to come to a DMV if you want to mail it in. If you want to come in person. But I don't have a renewal form. Yeah, she does. I don't think she can get it off the computer nor a printer. So she, you'll have to come in and fill it out there. Or we can mail you. Oh, there you go. Michael said he'd mail it. Yes. If you leave your number with the producer here, I will uh, get that to uh, Michael and he will mail you one. There you go. Benefits of calling in. That's Customer right. service. And I apologize for not Thanks, catching the, yeah, no, the actual question. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Trudy. All right. That's thank good. you. And lots of changes. So I was going to talk about a bunch of other stuff, but I wanted to make sure we covered all the changes. 
Have we talked about all the changes that people need to know before we uh, wind up here? Because I want to make sure they know yeah, all. I think there's a couple. So, you know, we've talked about um, beginning to end transactions. So if you come into a DMV, if you have a new vehicle um, that maybe you, you did a private uh, purchase from, you'll get your registration, your plate, and your title all in the same day. Great. And that information is live. Um, online services, we have enhanced um, one of the benefits. Mike talked about those with even the temporary um, registrations online. We know where that vehicle, who it belongs to, um, and the. Um, I think one of the other benefits that we haven't talked about is you can update and provide information on your title online, but you can also go in and check liens, oh. um, which is a huge, right. huge need, um, but for our businesses. So you can go online and and, you know, the car dealership can validate if there's a lien on record. Um, the individual who's purchasing a vehicle, maybe from a private sale, can validate if there's a lien on record. It's, you know, it's just going to continue to grow. Okay. The, the little oddities that you need from DMV, we will just continue to expand and bring those services to you in multiple and different ways. For those who hold the CVL, uh, commercial vehicle operator's license, that information has been downloaded to my DMV from the CVO system, so it says in the in the uh, internet, and so they can go on my DMV and find out all their CVO. Right. So CVO and CDL are two. two oh, I'm sorry. Things. What I mean, yes. CDL. Sorry about that. Just yeah. kidding. So, <laughs> it's been a while right. since I worked there. So the commercial driver's licenses yes, right. will be part of phase three. Yep. And that is the actual licensing process. Right. Um, the the commercial vehicle operation side, right. where where we've We've upgraded with this latest modernization, so the information was loaded in there. So right. your fuel dealers, your individuals that um, participate in the international registration plan or the international fuel tax agreement, that information is all in the system, and that's what Commissioner Manoli was talking about. Right. The eighty over eighty percent are filing electronic. Okay, great. I remember when we switched from RIFTA to IFTA, yeah. a regional yeah. to oh, Bonnie and I went all over the state. Oh, Bonnie yeah. Rutledge. People who drive trucks for a living, they run a mini business. These yes, people yes, have to do. know so much. Mm-hmm. I had a, a truck driver in here on the show one time that I know, uh, and I was, I was just floored when we went around to talk to these folks about the changeover from regional to international. Uh, and it's, it's unbelievable what they have to know, all the individual town speed limits and the Jake Bake signs, which are not legal and cannot be enforced, but... There you go. It's a big business, and um, 40% of our revenue comes from that industry. All right. Thank you both for joining us today. And uh, check check the DMV on the website. you got to find out all the new things. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint. Please stay tuned because we have the city manager of Barry joining us in just a minute in studio. Thank you both for coming on board. It was an honor being here with you. Thank you very much. Hour goes fast. We love to talk. Oh,